In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, where I'll ask the question, where would Israel worship? Deuteronomy 12, verses 1 through 7 says, These are the statutes and rules that you shall be careful to do in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess served their gods, on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and burn their Asherim with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy their name out of that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. But you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. You shall go, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes, and the contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice you and your households, and all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you. As the people of Israel are preparing to enter into the promised land, after having wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, the Lord is giving them the law again. And these are the instructions that they have. As they go into the land, they are not going to worship in the same places as the folks that they are dispossessing, but instead the Lord will show them precisely where he will have them worship. And they are going to be different and distinct from the people that they are pushing out of the land. So with that in mind, here are three thoughts from Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, answering the question, where would Israel worship? Thought number one, not the high places. The Canaanites, they would worship in the high places. They would worship on the tops of hills. They would worship on the tops of mountains. They would worship under these green trees, and they would set up these poles that they would worship. They would set up these altars upon which they would burn sacrifices. But the people of Israel were not to worship there. In fact, what they were commanded to do is go to all of these places, wherever this false worship, wherever this idolatry would be taking place, and they were to chop it to the ground. They were to burn it all into dust. They were to completely destroy any of these places, any of these locations, and any of these tools that the Canaanites were using for their idolatrous worship. This was a part of God's judgment upon those people, that the place where they worshiped their gods would no longer be a place of worship. It demonstrates that the Lord, the God of Israel, is the one true and only God and that the worship of the Canaanites was ultimately vacuous because they were worshiping nothing. There are no gods that they are serving, but only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So where would Israel worship? They'd worship in some place completely different than where the Canaanites would worship. Thought number two, God's chosen place. As the people of Israel are preparing to enter into the promised land, it is told to them that the Lord will show them the location where they are to worship. That means that the Lord is going to show them where they are to set up their tabernacle. And it's there at the tabernacle that all of Israel will gather together to engage in the formal worship of God. There are sacrifices 
their various offerings, they would not be taking place wherever they wanted them to happen. They wouldn't be done willy-nilly in whatever location they happened to choose, but it would only take place in the location that God himself had chosen. So Israel is going to worship not just in the manner that God has prescribed, but also in the location that he has commanded. And this shows us that worship is serious business. It's not something that we have a whole lot of freedom to be inventive within because the Lord has a specific way that he wants his people to approach him and even a specific location from which they are to approach him. So we know that he's very specific in how we worship him. So where would Israel worship? They would worship in God's chosen place. Thought number three, celebration. You might think and get this a little bit confused that worship is very is very austere and is not very fun. And we've got to do all these very specific tasks and make sure that we aren't incurring the wrath of God. Well, all that's true. But at the same time, what you have to recognize is that worship is in fact a celebration that's taking place. We don't know this, but most of the sacrifices that the people of Israel would engage in were combined with a celebratory meal. That the animal that they're sacrificing is also the meat that they're going to be eating. And we live in a culture where meat is plentiful, where it's easy to get meat. But in the ancient world, meat was a special treat. And if you were able to eat the fatted calf, this is a celebration. Well, we shouldn't lose this idea. That worship is, in fact, a celebration. It's a celebration of all the good things that the Lord has done, of all the great provision that he's given to us. So we need to make sure that as we go and worship in the places where God has ordained for us to worship, where we are worshiping in the manner that God has prescribed for us to worship, that we're also doing so with an air of celebration because we recognize that for the people of Israel, worship was a celebration of the great wonder of the almighty creator of the universe. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Deuteronomy chapters 10 through 12. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel, by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of scripture together.